Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Feeding and Leading. Uh, as always, I have Andy Taylor with me today. Andy, good morning. how's it going? Very good, very good. Good, and uh, we are joined today by a very special guest, uh, someone who has recently joined our team here at Oklahoma Baptist. And uh, the reason Tarvoris Azugwe is with us is because this episode is going to be about evangelism. And uh, we're going to focus on how a church can build an evangelistic culture, how a church can really just do better at at evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll let, let's introduce Coach T first, and I called him Coach T, and Oklahoma Baptist. That's that's just a good way uh, to refer to Tarvoris is just T or Coach T, but let's call him Coach T. That's what he's used to. Yeah. Um, Tarvoris, you know, I was going to kind of say, why don't you just introduce All yourself? Right. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So. Uh... So I get to coach teeth because I was a basketball coach and a school teacher here uh, back before I went into full-time ministry. So I, I get to coach. So, hey, I, I, I coach people in evangelism and apologetics. There we go. <laughs> kind of what it Love is. it. So, yeah. And uh, you you are – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on you a little bit because you're not going to do it. I'll toot your horn for you. Oh. You're an All-American basketball player at Henderson, right, in, uh, in Arkansas. That's NOBU's conference, so we won't hold that against you. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I have heard, rumor has it, not to leave you alone at the three-point line. That's <laughs> that's what I've been told by some guys that have played some pickup ball mm-hmm. with you, that we need to be careful about oh, yeah. that. You, uh, you served for a number of years mm-hmm. as the BCM director at Arkansas Pine Bluff at the university there. Yes, sir. And then before you came to us, you were serving as outreach and young adult minister uh, at at a uh, which which church First was Baptist it? Church Jonesboro First Baptist Jonesboro in Georgia in Georgia and yes. so you've just recently come on and you're you're here as our evangelism and apologetics ministry partner and so first of all brother we are so glad you were here Amen. and everybody yeah. everybody on our team just loves Coach T we've loved getting to know him. And uh, you need to follow this guy on the social media. Um, you got Facebook page. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You've got a YouTube channel. Yes, sir. And um, what what T, what Coach T does is just basically makes these great videos of all these personal evangelism encounters that yes, he sir. has. Yeah. This guy is a an evangelism machine. He is passionate <laughs> about reaching people for Jesus. He's got some really great methodologies for doing that that we want to get into a little bit in this. Let let me just kind of preface before we're going to just ask Coach T some questions here and kind of let him uh, fill the content of this episode. But one of the top questions I get as as, as an executive director from our pastors Mm -hmm. is how can we have a greater culture of evangelism? In fact, recently we did an episode about – Elder uh, plurality of elders, elder-led congregational mm-hmm. order. Yeah. That that question and the evangelism question have to be the top two questions I get from pastors. Yeah, mm. um, you know we always need to be passionate about reaching people for Jesus. We always need to be wanting to see our church grow because that's the Great Commission. But I, I sense from pastors almost an even greater urgency for that 
because attendance in churches across the board is down, baptisms are down, and most of our churches, in terms of just attendance, are still below pre-COVID numbers. So I think there's this sense of, hey, it's time for us to get back out there, and it's time for us to start focusing on really reaching people for Jesus. We got COVID in the rearview mirror. So that's the kind of setup to right. why we wanted Coach T um, here. So um, tell us, just talking about churches, Coach, Right. just, just kind of give us what you think about what do you see are strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses in churches today in terms of evangelism? Um, what are churches doing well? What are churches not doing well or not doing at all? Just kind of talk a little bit about yeah. what you're seeing on that. Yeah, so uh, I think if you look at the culture, I think we need to uh, study the culture uh, because the culture has shifted to a post-Christian uh, generation. And there's no foundational, uh, you know, Judeo-Christian values anymore. And so we, we've, we've shifted. Uh, so what we have to do is we have to study the culture because – you know, if you look at the the uh, the Acts two method, where Peter was uh, preaching, and what he used, he used the word "you know, you know." Well, now we're in a post Christian. We don't they, know. We don't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're good. not swimming yeah. in a pool of of, of of Christian the- theology, but now we're in a Acts seventeen culture mm. where Paul says to the unknown God. Yeah. Right. So is. People don't know God. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They have a, a spirituality. People are spiritual, but they don't really know God. And so, when you look at our culture, uh, if we don't, if we if we're still using the same uh, tactics to reach them like we did fifty years ago in a post-Christian generation, then you're 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 not going to be effective. And so, uh, so w- what what I think the strengths are is I love that we we have joined together for the cooperative program. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that we're 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 funding missionaries and we're funding uh pastors and even what we do. Mm-hmm. So I'm appreciative that we've joined as a team. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the the statistics that I think I've heard the statistic that out of every $100,000 spent there's one baptism. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Every $100,000 yeah. spent. So I think what what can really help is it starts with the pastor. Mm-hmm. It starts with the leader, and it trickles down. And I've heard a lot of pastors say, hey, I can, I can pull together a message. I can I can prepare a message, but I, I am not the evangelist. I am not the, the soul winner. And so they I think they, they delegate their responsibility to other people. Well, I think they, it has to start with them. And, uh, and I tell pastors, and I tell people all the time, if, if you're not the soul winner, you're actually the perfect candidate. Mm. Now, why is that? Mm. Because God's power is perfected in your weakness. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and so people ask me, yeah. they, they'll tell me, they'll say, hey, uh, T-Man, uh, man, you just got a gift. Mm. And so what they're saying indirectly sometimes is, that's what, what you do. Right. This is what I do. But the Bible says, do the work of evangelists. That's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, if we're, if we're not careful, we'll pawn off that responsibility uh, because it is a, a scary task, especially sure. in our day and age when it's post-Christian. So I, I tell people, uh, it may not be a gift that I have. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's God's power that he's perfected in my weakness. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I say it's a strength or a gift, then you can let everybody else off the hook. And what we have to understand is that when Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of man. Mm-hmm. Well, keep in mind, when you go fishing, you have to go fishing. 
Right. The fish are not jumping into the boat. Yeah. Well, yeah. people are not coming to our churches these days unless you go out and fish for man. And, and Acts 17 is reasoning in the synagogue with those who happen to be there. So it's a one-on-one conversation with people because crowds are dumb. Mm. Individuals are smart. Mm. So if you reach people one-on-one and you have conversations and you ask them questions about who they are and you get to know them, then that, that, that'll lower down that, that wall um, so that you can, you can get to the heart. So let me give you a quote here uh, that I, I think that I think is really, uh, I think is really important to think about is that uh, you can't really truly effect, effectively follow uh, the God man unless you're fishing for dead man, mm. right? So if, if you're not fishing for dead man, are you really effectively following the God mm. man? Mm-hmm. When he right. says, follow me, he intends for us to get to know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he says, fish for man, help other people get to know me. And I think if you put those two together, then you create this culture of evangelism. And it starts with the pastor. And, and so uh, I, I think that's what I was yeah. we'll start yeah. off with. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm curious, T, why do you think people in general who are in our churches, lay people, why, why are they hesitant Right to to share the gospel is it a is it a lack of knowledge mm. is it fear is it that is it maybe possibly that they don't really know the gospel can't really <laughs> articulate the gospel it, uh, there's got to be yeah. a number of factors but what do you see what do yeah. you think and how do we how do we begin to shore up that that right. uh, that issue yeah that's a great question I, and I think uh, so I was studying a passage of scripture one day and I think God spoke to me through this passage of scripture and it's found in Matthew chapter 9 starting in verse 37 when he, when Jesus says the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few right and then he yeah. says ask the lord uh, of the harvest therefore to send out workers into the harvest field so you, you ask the question why are the why is the laborers few yeah, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's All right. right. So, so here's the question. Here's a here's a passage that gets me. Matthew seven, verse thirteen says, "Narrow is the way that leads to life, mm. and only a few find it." Mm-hmm. So, if 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 there is a few that find the narrow path, there are only going to be a few that's in the harvest. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, that's working it. That's working it. Right. Yeah. So, so one of the things I think that uh that that will help. I think one of the things that I think will help. Well, let me let me give you a, let me give you an illustration. Let me yeah, give yeah. You an illustration. So when I got to First Baptist Church of Jonesboro, there were about fifteen young adults, and nobody had been in that position for a while. And so they were fifteen, ten to fifteen young adults that that they said that they wanted to follow Jesus. They said that they wanted to be a fisherman, but it's hard. nobody really wants to be like Jesus until it's time to everybody can be like Jesus until it's time to be like Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right? So, so I said, okay. So I spent time helping them understand how to study scripture. So I asked them every single day, how did you get to know God? What, what did God teach you from his word? And then I said, all right, let's go out and fish for man. So I said, hey, right, meet me at this park and we're going to fish for man. Nobody showed up. Yeah. So I, I started praying. I said, God, you said, if you, you, you pray to the harvest, Pray that you will raise up labor. So I started praying, and I met this young man named Andre. Now, Andre uh, was struggling in his faith. He was trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. And I met him at this, uh, I met him at the restaurant, and uh, I started small talk with him. Waitress comes up. I share the gospel with the waitress. The waitress repents right there. She's crying. She's wiping the wow. tears with her apron. 
and uh and um she she walks off and uh I, I turn around to Andre and here's Andre with his mouth on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Big said, eyeballs. Yeah. He was like, "What what just happened?" Yeah. Yeah. I said, "This is how you fish for man." I didn't even know that the young man had gotten saved right there. Oh, wow. Right there wow. when I was sharing the gospel with the waitress. And so what I started doing, he says, can you teach me how to do that? So I started teaching him for three months. I went to his college campus. We walked the streets just showing him. I said, man, you watch me do it. Mm. And then you're going to help me do it. Then you're going to do it. I'm going to help you. And then, you, then you're going to do it. And I'm going to critique you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I taught him how to do it. After about three months, he brings two students to the ministry that he had led to Christ on the campus. Oh, and from wow. that point on, he started like reaching so many of his cousins and his friends. Mm. So what I realized is that when I poured in deep to him, so here's my, my, my term I coined, is that deep discipleship covers up a multitude of evangelism. Yeah. But I have to show mm. him how to fish for man. Yeah. If I don't incorporate that, then he's not gonna understand how to reproduce that. <laughs> yeah. What you think? Yeah, well. Yeah, they can't see it, but I'm fist bumping you right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this yeah. has got to be a discipleship issue, That's correct? Right. That's exactly right. And and many times, don't you think that we le- we, we kind of separated evangelism mm-hmm. and discipleship to the point where we're teaching people, mm-hmm. we're doing Bible studies, we're doing right. all kinds of things like that. But, man, we're failing to teach people, and more importantly, what you said, to model for people right. how to share the gospel, how to go fishing. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Coach yeah. T out here dropping some zingers. I, no I just doubt. jotted down a couple of his quotes right there. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, hey, I'm going to use that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a uh, illustration. So Coach T, pastor, just walks up to you and oh, says, right. hey, man, I need some help <clears throat> on this area. Right. Well, what are just some practical things? Yep. And, and thinking of a pastor of, of any size church, you yes, know, um, and especially our smaller and attendance churches. Um, so just in any pastor, anywhere, any size church, uh, he comes up to you and says, man, just what are some practical things that maybe a pastor could start working on, implementing, yes, thinking sir. about to kind of help kind of turn this corner on doing better yeah. in evangelism? All right, so uh, here's here's what I, I've been thinking about is that uh, I heard this uh, statement from a guy. I, I'm forgetting his name right now. But what he, he said was we have to stop. We have to cut down a lot of our teaching and begin to do training. Mm-hmm. That's good. Teaching is different than training. Yes. Mm-hmm. Teaching is instructing. Yeah. Training is taking them out on the field and letting them use what yeah. you train. Yeah. Right. So if we don't, if we don't stop a lot of our teaching. We're great at teaching. Yeah. We're just not good at training. Right. And so, what I realize is, I, I think pastors need to understand that people don't really rep- They really don't reproduce what you say. Mm. They reproduce who you are. Mm. Mm. And so, if you can start in evangelism or just creating this in your in your own heart as a lifestyle and not just as an event, mm-hmm. uh, what will happen is they'll see who you are. Uh, because here's what Spur- Spurgeon said. Spurgeon said, train up a child in the way he should go, but be sure you go that way yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So I think that yeah. same principle goes with pastors. If you're training, if you're teaching your people and you're training your people, be sure you go that way yourself. Yeah. Because they're just not going to – people don't do what you expect. They do what you inspect. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so I'll give you an illustration. So you can't really efficiently train people without a date on the calendar. Right. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Mm. So, for instance, uh, if you were – if I was a trainer for a boxer and, I, and you wanted to box, 
and we train for three months, and then four months go by and five months, what are you going to begin to ask me? When am I going to fight? When is the fight? Yeah. Because if there's no fight, then the training is deficient. Yeah. That's right. So when a date on the calendar is very important. So yes. when you train creating a culture of evangelism, you have to say, okay, guys, this is when we're going to go out. But I'm going to begin to train and teach you. And then what happens to the training? The training, mm-hmm. it becomes more efficient because yeah. they know the date it is coming. It gets ratcheted up, too. That's right. That's right. It's getting closer. That's right. So I'm going to give you one more illustration is celebration, elevation, and emulation. Three words. Celebration. When, I, when that student Andre, when he led somebody to Christ, the next day he was up front in front of the students sharing the story. Mm, we're yeah. celebrating the story. Man, we're celebrating. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then and then we let the person that he led to Christ share the story. Awesome. Right? Mm-hmm. And so so what we're doing is we're elevating it now. We're celebrating it and now we're elevating it and now what's going to happen is everybody going to say I want some of that. Yeah. So they're going to emulate it. Yeah. Right? That's good. They're going to reproduce it. So We're going to have to stop this podcast because he's <laughs> preaching now and we don't allow preaching on the podcast. <laughs> I was about to say we we need to have T come back on another episode just the one long string of truth bombs. Oh, yeah, keep no dropping doubt. them, brother. That's really good, man. That is really good. We we this this whole uh, purpose mm-hmm. of of training right of um that instructing is good and we need right. instruction there's right. no doubt that we do right but but people in our churches are asking the question of, of more of how do i go about doing this i I, mm-hmm. I i was telling you we had a conversation the other day mm-hmm. i no longer ask people when i witness i no longer ask yeah. them are you a christian right because in our culture it just mm-hmm. man that's too right. easy so i asked people i told you i asked people right. are you a follower of jesus or are you a jesus follower yep. Right. Right. Let's well, that it. changes things. Well, I've started doing that with a young man in the church where I'm an interim. Mm. And man, I, I, I was telling him about it and I turned around and I was going off and he, and I heard him behind me talking to somebody. Mm. Immediately, he was already putting this thing into place. Wow. So he talked to this That's guy. Good. He said, are you a Jesus follower? <laughs> you know, so it's true. They yep. they they emulate right. what they see in us. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always amazing to me just the—I think sometimes I think Christians think, oh, going back to your post-Christian kind of society, Mm -hmm. everybody out there already has it out against the God and the church and the Bible. Mm. And also they see all these statistics. In fact, just yesterday they put another one out, belief in God is at an all-time low again. But what I found is— those statistics will say, I don't believe in the Judeo-Christian God or I don't go to church. Right. But I, I don't know that spirituality has really dropped off that much. No. Yeah. I, I think people are still spiritual people. Right. So the hunger, the, the openness is out there. I, I had a conversation. I was in a small town in Oklahoma recently, and the car hop from Sonic came out to bring me my drink. And uh, I just did – I can't remember what I said to him. I said something about – you know, how you doing? I could tell the guy wasn't having a very good day, and I said something else. And I mean, just right there, the dude just gushes all of mm. this is what's going on in my life. And, man, yeah. we talk about the Lord. We talk about church. We talk about all these things. I think people are—I think we forget that mm. God is at work in the hearts of people. Already. And he's just called us, go out there and throw the seed, man. Mm. Get out there and do it. Hey, real quick, T, I, I want— 
I want us to talk for a second about the the interplay between apologetics and right. evangelism. And that's mm-hmm. one thing we brought you on board to right. do. All three of us around this table are very interested in apologetics right. and have, have dabbled in it and read a lot about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just talk for a second yeah. about how apologetics and evangelism, how they kind of interlace a little bit. And yeah. Just talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I, I tell people all the time that your best apologetics, your best apologetic is a clear pre- presentation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. from there, so good. you can begin to defend the faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't have a foundational uh, 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 base on what who Jesus is, what the gospel is, who we are yeah. in view of a holy God, then you can't really do effective apologetics. Now, I think sometimes you have to do a little bit of apologetics, but you need to get to the gospel as fast as you can. Yeah. And from there, you can begin to do effective apologetics. Now, now a universal apologetics tool that I teach that I've, I think I've learned from, I've, I've seen it in a guy named Vody Bacham. He's, he explained mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But a very effective, uh, a, a, a broad <clears throat> uh, apologetic tool that you can use is I call it the four question, four apologetic questions. Mm-hmm. So let's just say I run into a, a guy that's an atheist or a Buddhist or any type of worldview that's not Christian mm-hmm. or not you know Judeo-Christian worldview. When they begin to ask me questions about my faith, I, I get them to defend their faith, mm-hmm. all right? So I ask questions yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. so let me ask you a question. If you can help me answer these four questions, one is origin. Where, where did you, where, based on your worldview, where did you come from? How did you mm-hmm. get here? Mm-hmm. And I just let them talk. Mm-hmm. Then the next, next question I ask, okay, so based on your worldview, what is your purpose in life? And I let them defend it. Then the other one is, all right, I want you to answer the question based on your worldview, very, very respectfully, how do you, uh, why do you think the world is so broken? And then I ask them, what do you think the fix is to a broken world? Mm-hmm. And I let them defend it. And sometimes when I'm talking to people and asking people that question, they make up stuff on the spot. They don't even know what they're talking <laughs> They get so conflicted. And then if I give them an opportunity to share and listen and hear them out very respectfully, then they'll give me an opportunity to plant the seed. And I'll answer those four questions based on the gospel. Mm-hmm. How did we get here? Well, Genesis. God mm-hmm. created us. Mm-hmm. Well, what's your purpose? Well, my purpose is to give God glory. If he mm-hmm. created us, he can command us. It's almost like an art painting. You don't worship the art painting. You worship the one that made the painting. Right. Well, why is the world so broken? Well, God had a design, and you went away from it. You, you, you left an instruction manual. We chose to sin. What letters in the middle of the word sin? They say, I. Well, how is it working out for you? And then what's the fix? It's Jesus. Mm. Your inside needs to be changed. So you can, and I tell people, you know, you, if you was going down the road and the, your check engine light come on, you don't take a hammer and punch out a check engine light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, that doesn't fix the problem. Well, yeah. What's wrong? What, yeah. Is something wrong on the inside of the car? Yeah. Yeah. If I can fix the inside, the check engine lights come on. Mm-hmm. And so those apologetic questions are universal that anybody can do. Anybody, you know, and it, more of evangelism and apology is really just listening and get them to defend their own faith. Yeah, I, that's so good. I've I've always thought that. Uh, apologetics is really pre-evangelism. Yes, it, it's it's clearing away some debris. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's setting the tones and the conditions to be able to put the gospel in the dirt. That's right. You know to right. get it there. So whether or not uh, the apologetic the apologetics 
stream that you're going down is creation or it's defending yep. the veracity of the Bible mm-hmm. or the historicity of Jesus and the resurrection, whatever, right. it, whatever it is, it's really pre-evangelistic work. It's right. just kind of right. I, not bulldozing. Mm. A lot of people think that, don't they? Yeah, it's not bulldozing. It's more like road grader. Mm. <laughs> just pushing some of the debris out of the I way like and creating a good road. That's right. I like right? that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I would, I, I would even add this. I know we have much time, but I would even add this. When somebody says, okay, T, how do I do, where do I start? How do I become an effective evangelism, evangelist or apologist? Well, you got to do it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, um, when Jesus said uh, to uh, Moses, he says, go and I will teach you what to say. Mm-hmm. I heard a young man, Emilio, say, man, I've learned more about God on the mission field and doing evangelism than yeah. I did in my quiet time. Yeah, yep. sure. I've heard that a lot, actually. <laughs> well, and the yeah. statement you started amazing. off with, Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you. That's it. Fishers of. That's it. He will. That's, what, that's exactly right. Yeah. Boy, that's great stuff. And I think we may need to have Coach T for round two yeah, of let's this, do it. and we can unpack even more. All right, real quick before we go, I want to say a couple things. First of all, Oklahoma Baptists, um, you've just met. If you haven't met Coach T, you've met him now. Listen to this podcast. Have pastor, have Coach T come to your church. Uh, he preach on Sunday morning, do do training events for evangelism, apologetics. Coach T is a part of our team. He is here to serve yes. our churches and our pastors. Uh, you want this man to come. Coach T, we love you, brother. We love your passion for Jesus. We love your passion for the gospel. We love your passion for the word. And we love that you're part of Oklahoma Baptist. Oh, I mean, so brother, we, we, we are just pumped that you are here and just love what you're about. Um, also, real quick, I want to I wanna make sure everybody knows how to, to follow Coach T. His name is T-A-R-V-O-R-I-S, Tarvoris. And then his last name is spelled U-Z-O. I G W E. That's Zugwe, and I reason I spelled out his name right. is so that you can find him on social media mm-hmm. and find him online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And even don't don't go and say Coach T. You're right. not going. Right. You're not going to find him on Facebook. Right. But on Facebook, you're 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 Tavoris Zugwe. Right. And so that's and, and then on YouTube is Whoa W O. I love it. Evangelism. Whoa <laughs> Evangelism. Whoa Evangelism. <laughs> Paul says, uh, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So. Yeah. yeah, say it again. YouTube is? Woe, W-O-E, and then uh, spell out evangelism. And Paul says, woe to me if I don't preach the good news. Woe to me if I don't preach the good news. Right, That's yeah. good. That's yeah, great, yeah. brother. Uh, Coach T, thanks again for being, being with thank us you. on this episode. We are so grateful. All right. Thank you all so much. We do want to remind uh, all of our pastors, we have recently set up a new uh, email address. If you want to email us your ideas. Please hold it to ideas <laughs> at podcast at oklahomabaptist.org. And we hope that you'll join us next time for Feeding Lee. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptist. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.